hello there, humans. We are on the internet here, uh, talking about PlayStation, as always, every week on this show called The PlayStation Report. I'm Frank, alongside Tyler. Tyler, how you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I am doing just fine. How are you? Just fine. I mean, I just, I did the whole loop thing where I asked you how you're doing after yeah. I already did, you know? I've done that plenty of times. Oh, man. I'm tired. Yeah. It's been a week. I'm I'm ready for this week to be over. Hmm. Especially because we're going to go see us tomorrow night, which should be very fun. I've liked all the trailers I've seen. Absolutely. That's one of the creepiest trailers I've ever seen, is that that first one that they put out. Mm -hmm. And Get Out was really good, but did you see Get Out? No, I need to. so good. It's probably somewhere digitally I could watch it. Probably, probably. Yeah, looking forward to it, but yeah, uh, yeah. How about you? What you been up to? I well, I've been I've been doing work, <laughs> uh, working from home, doing some stuff, but uh, also doing doing some preparation for packs, making sure I have everything in order, making sure I have my schedule set, mm-hmm. all the panels I want to see, all the people I want to meet. And hopefully yeah. some games that I want to see. That's next week. Yeah. Gearbox doesn't want doesn't uh seem to want me to play their game early. Or they just don't want to respond to me. <laughs> Not really. I mean I I bet they're flooded with people wanting to play uh, yeah. their new thing. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure people are looking forward to it. So by this time next week, we'll we'll know probably if Borderlands Three is a thing. I mean, it's probably a thing, but is it an official thing? Yeah, maybe. We'll know we'll what the see. hell they were teasing. Who knows? Eh, not not really, because we're remember we're recording Wednesday next week. Pax isn't until next weekend. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll leave it all the way until their panel. Maybe. Who knows? Mm. But that that should be exciting. Um, very much looking forward to it. It's a long drive up to Boston, though, so yeah. I'm not sure what I, what I'm gonna do. Maybe I'll pack my headphones, listen to an audio book or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a long drive, but it's fun. It's a fun drive. Mm. There's some shitty parts, at least from where we gotta come from. Get around New York sucks because yeah. they're like. Get uh get off at this exit. Oh, cut across three lanes of traffic in in a quarter of a mile. Yeah. <laughs> like oh god. Jersey sucks to drive through. So I'm not sure if I talked about it last week, but the uh, Formula 1 season is in and that reminds me a lot of that yeah. trying to navigate through uh-huh. some traffic there. Yeah. I watched the Australian Grand Prix. Yeah. It was pretty good, although Mercedes, as they seem to always dominate every every time they're out there, they always seem to have the best car. Yeah. It was another one-two finish from them. Yep. Although I'll say, uh, Valtteri Bottas, he just he looked at made it look especially unfair. Like Lewis Hamilton was second, but he was behind him by quite a large margin. Right. Yeah, I ended up having to watch a recap of it. I watched like the first twenty laps or whatever, but. Was on at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> over, <laughs> over here. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it was a very exciting start. 
as well. Mm-hmm. I thought there was going to be the a fender lot more coming chaos. off like right after the start. Yes, I thought that was or, going to be very bad. Yeah, the, uh, front the front wing. wing. Yeah, it yeah. just like hit hit like a little bit of grass and mm. popped right off. Yeah, it sucks for uh, Daniel Ricardo too because that's like his. He's Australian. That's his right. home Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And he has he has had like no luck in his home Grand Prix. Yeah. He hasn't I he hasn't had I think his best finish was a fourth. Yeah. F1's good. Yeah. I like it. It's F1. exciting. Yeah. I feel like it's grown a little bit more in popularity here over the past few years, which is good. Where's where is the United States Grand Prix? What, what track Austin, is it? Austin. I know. I it's think it's in, in Austin, Texas. Man, um, I forget what the track's called. One of these years. Yeah, that would be cool to go to. I, I feel like they've also they had it in the past at um, Indianapolis before as well, but now they have it um, in Texas. Let me. I'm just gonna look that up because it's bothering me. <laughs> Where are they at next weekend? Uh, they are at. Um, they are at. Oh man. Shit. I'm I'm pulling up the schedule right mm-hmm. now, but man, I just had it on the tip of my tongue too. That. Mm. Yeah, I know. Once you read it off, I'm going to be like, shit. I. Let's go. I Let's knew go. that. Schedule here, Bahrain. Yes. Bahrain. Okay. Of course. Um, cool. let's see. Let's scroll down here. See where the. Uh, the United States Grand Prix is, and all right, here it is. They don't have the track listed here. Um, circuit is Circuit of the Americas, which um, I recognize the shape of it from various racing games yeah. I've I've done. It's uh, been a few. Here, if you see see this right here. Yep. 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 It's a good track. It is. It's very wide. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Oh man, I'm yeah. This is like the first year I'm really going in on it, like trying to watch every race that I can. Mm-hmm. I like to watch it whenever I can. It's just because they race all over the world. Sometimes it's on at very weird times. I think Australia here. is the only one that's super bad. Yeah. I think a lot of them are like mm-hmm. oh, like in the afternoon over yeah. here. So yeah, yeah. That's cool. Good stuff. Go listen to Shift F1 if you want to get in into at Formula One. They do a good. I listen to it. They do a good, uh, good podcast at the beginning of each F1 season where mm. they go over like the rules and stuff. Yeah, and that's that's a good thing to listen to if you're yeah. just getting in. Yeah, because there are some very uh, complicated rules about F1. You have to use two different things. tire compounds. Yes, or, yeah, there's. And this year, it's like, hey, we're going to call them soft, medium, and hard, but there's also these sub-compounds that they're calling soft, medium, and hard depending on the track. Yeah. So it's kind of, there's a whole thing. Right. The way they change the way you can build the car and how how aerodynamic should work. Yeah. Formula One's cool. I played the Formula One 2018 video game out, out of all this excitement for the new season. Mm-hmm. It was on sale. I played it on PC. Although it is available on PlayStation 4, if that's something you're interested in. I didn't look to see if it was on sale on PlayStation 4. I just saw it was like $15 on PC. 15 bucks, that's not that bad. Yeah. I think it was like the midweek deal on on Steam, so... Mm. Yeah. 
I yeah, it's I've good. been playing that a lot. Yeah, it's very good. I've I'm doing full length races. Oh shit! So yeah. you're doing all fifty some laps typically. Yeah. Holy shit! I mean, I think uh, the one that I just did the Spanish Grand Prix, sixty six laps or something like that. Wow. I just did that today. Holy shit! Yeah, it's a lot. And then I have a desk coming in so I can mount my steering, my uh, racing wheel, and my pedal. And then I'll I'll be going all in from there from there. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how how that game feels with a wheel. It you know? probably feels pretty good. Yeah, I'm. I I would think so. Plus, those cars are very tricky. Yeah, you know. And, and, and the wheel that I have, it's the uh, Logitech G29. It has pretty good uh, force feedback on the steering wheel, and even it even has nice feedback on the pedal too. Like. Mm-hmm. The further you push down on the brake, the more resistance you have towards the end there. So that's, it's, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're doing the full length races. So you really have to manage your tires and fuel yeah. and strategy on when you pit and all yeah. that. Are you uh, keeping the, the uh, difficulty up a little bit or something? Yeah. So I've, like, or what? I've been in like, I started off on like the default difficulty, which I think they put down it easy. And I was like, wow, this is uh, not a contest because I'm used to racing games. Uh-huh. So I, I bumped it up. Like, I think it's on a scale starts at like z- zero to a hundred. I think it actually goes above a hundred. Yeah. But uh, then I bumped it up to 40, which is the start of medium. And even that was too easy. So I have I put it up to 50 for this most recent race. And I think I'm going to have to do some more tweaks. I'm not sure if it's whether I have to adjust assists or just keep pushing that number higher uh-huh. um, because I'm putting down like some pretty good lap times but I, I don't know it always seems closer in practice and qualifying than it ends up being out on the track absolutely I found that that to be that way when I played, I played maybe maybe that's evident of me pushing way too hard out on the track and maybe just getting away with it yeah and there there is it is a different feeling when you're around other cars than by yourself as well um so the thing that i like about the f1 games is it's like i mean you can customize some of it but it's pretty no joke if you like in terms of damage like if you run into the back of somebody you are probably fucked yeah it'll might get penalized or if you cut the corner a little bit Mm -hmm. too much you'll probably get penalized and all this stuff it's like it's pretty no joke with that. They did a really good job with that. So, have you ran into any vehicles, you know, um, accidentally uh, taking the corner too hot? <laughs> yeah, there was this one corner. It was in, um, it was in shit. What's that track called? Um, man, I'm I'm losing track of all of these. But there was this really tight corner. Like there was this really tight narrow like goes back and forth a kind of little chicane that i was going through and i clipped my wing on one of them Mm. on one of the uh, curbs that goes up high and uh damaged that a little bit and when i went in for the next pit stop took a little bit extra time because because the way like the those cars are built they just lift off the whole front end the whole nose and just replace it with another one it's Pit stops in Formula One are just fucking wild to watch. Yeah, and like just a smooth, like a regular pit stop, smooth pit stop under three seconds to replace all four tires. It's just so insane how they just lift the whole thing up and just go boop, boop, done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's just 
crazy. It's none of this, like, if you watch, like, stock car racing, like NASCAR yeah. or whatever, they're all running around. They do one side, then do the other side. And it's, I mean, they still do it quick for how they do it. It's like 12, 13 seconds, maybe. But I, I, I am just amazed every time that I see a Formula One pit stop. Cause Cause it, cause sometimes so it looks like smooth. they hardly even stop. I know. It's just, it's, it's something else. Those cars are just a work of art. Mm-hmm. They really are how they're designed. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting too because like they develop those cars in the off season, mm-hmm. like every year to, to the new specifications, the new rules that come out each year. They build a new car, and like it's it's crazy to see like one year say like one. I'm not going to talk about Mercedes or Ferrari, but like a lot of the middle of the pack teams, it's interesting to see like what they come out with because like one year they could just be total hot garbage and the next year they might come across something that actually works yeah 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 it's cool how the uh competitive balance can work in formula one mm-hmm. you know a I mean, lot of times you do see is, the same it's same it's a money thing top. though because like yeah mercedes and ferrari just have a shit ton of money and exactly. red bull too also has not as much but still has more money than most of the yeah right most of the pack yeah it reminds me a little bit of like to, to compare it to other sports, kind of like Major League Baseball. Like you kind of see the same teams up top in a way because they might have more money mm-hmm. to spend for all the biggest players, um, whereas it might take a while for a smaller market team to get up there. Mm. Um, you know, they might have to play it differently a few years. It's kind of the same way, yeah. a little bit in Formula One. You see the top dogs yeah. at the top a lot. I'm really curious this year, though. Um, with I mean, I've been, of course, following it through that Shift F1 podcast, but also interesting to see what Red Bull does this year with the new Honda engines. Hmm. I didn't know they had new engines this yeah, year. Yeah, they were working with Renault last year, but after engine failures, they've decided to... Uh, because Renault put out their own team. So it's kind of like... I'm not sure if it's been proven, but there's kind of this implied yeah, thought you, that uh, yeah. maybe Red Bull's getting these secondhand engines that aren't ne- necessarily the best. Yeah. Understandable. One thing that I love about Formula One, though, is how uh, the team dynamics work. Yeah. Like, it's truly like a. It's there, there's such some a weird there's some thing. politics, especially yeah. last year, especially oh, yeah. last year on the Red Bull team. Yeah. With uh, Ricardo and Verstappen. Yes. There's definitely a lot of politics involved, and then it's also very, you know, it's weird because, of course, the drivers want to win, but sometimes you might get, like, legitimate team orders, mm-hmm. you know, of, like, so what he's got to finish ahead of you to still compete in a championship or whatever. It's just, it's crazy how those dynamics work in Formula One. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really like, like that in racing. Yeah. Like, there's, there's drivers on the same teams in you know indycar nascar or whatever i mean, but there's their dynamics and politics yeah. don't work anywhere near like formula one works which yeah. is one thing that i think makes it very very interesting to watch mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be inter- especially interesting to watch that mercedes team this year because last year botas didn't get a win and he could have had a win if it weren't for them wanting to push Hamilton as the number one driver. Yeah. 
And now Boathouse has that first win. Where yeah. they go from here? Yeah. But the game, it's the good. game is very good. <laughs> I've been enjoying it a lot. I've probably been playing it more than I should. Mm-hmm. What have you been playing? I have been playing a few things. Um, played the Division Two. Yes, played a lot of. The Tell Division us about II. this new shiny Schluter. Yeah, so I've probably put five, five and a half hours into it so far. I've been wanting to play it a lot more, just haven't been able to, but. You know, kind of like I said about the beta, like, it's the division, but I just think it's a lot more improved. Like, it just feels better. The loop is really good. Um, the gameplay is a lot better. It's not perfect. Like, I think the story is awful. I think the world is boring as shit. And most of the time, I just feel this need to skip every fucking cutscene that I'm in because I'm like, I just do not care about this world. It's so uninteresting to me. But I like being in the environments, especially in the missions, like the the detail that they put into a lot of the like interior environment spaces that you're going through is pretty impressive. And I think more impressive than a division one. Um, so the game just feels better to play in that uh, the enemies don't feel as bullet spongy to me. And a lot of times they might have a critical point that you can break that critical point and then they might go down just a couple bullets. Um, the progression feels a lot better. So there's, I mean, it's a Ubisoft game. So there's kind of systems on systems in a way. So you have your level progression and then there's also shade tech, which you get shade tech to improve all your skills and your perks um and you it's kind of a combination so there's there's story missions there's side missions there's shade tech missions which you'll get a lot more of those to take back to the base um so there's a whole bunch of things going on there but that loop of I'm going to go to here, to there, to there, to there, to there, and then back to base. I'm going to go to here and there and there and there. Just feels really good and very satisfying. And in kind of like in Odyssey, but not as bad. You pull up the map in Odyssey and there's like, there's a question mark over here. There's a quest over here. You have a main story mission over here. It kind of feels that way uh, in, in a way. And, and I just, I like the loop of, going back to base, upgrading a bunch of stuff, going and doing a few more missions, going back to the base, upgrading stuff, and going to... It it just... It feels a lot better than the first game. So, in the first game, one thing that pissed me the fuck off was when you went to the base of operations, you had to, like, just... It it took forever to kind of do anything. Mm -hmm. It was really annoying. Here, it's pretty pretty quick. uh, A lot more snappy, and it makes a lot more sense. The menus are a lot better. There's a lot... They give you a lot of detail in this game. And some of it's kind of unnecessary. I mean, if you're looking at a lot of the gear, you'll have a lot of detail on there, a lot of... And then that all feeds back to your character, and it's telling you a bunch of information about your character. I mean, all the stuff's really nice. One of the craziest things was I was looking at weapons, and there's literally a graph on bullet drop-off over 100 meters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not really going to use this at all. But uh, and, the, and the loot feels better. 
And I say that in that they're just, you know, they're modern military weapons. So to me, they can only get so exciting. You know, that you'll, the perks and, and bonuses and all that stuff. That that's kind of where the excitement comes in, but in terms of, you know, a destiny. Oh, I got this really cool looking weapon. Like that stuff doesn't happen as much in this game, which I think could be a turn off to some people. You know, because that's definitely something that's that makes destiny a little bit more appealing. But the loot feels good in in terms of I I have always felt like I am improving, and. I'm not getting a ton of garbage, uh, but then I always feel like there's multiple times per mission where I'm getting things that improve my character, which is kind of what you want, Mm -hmm. at least early on progression, just to really get you hooked in. Uh, And like, I'm already, I forget what level I am exactly. I think I'm level six or seven. I already got like all green stuff. I got a few blue things already. Like it's, it's getting there and, and that stuff's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's an improved division. The missions are also really well designed. Some of them, and maybe it's just because I'm playing solo so far. Game is really fucking hard. Solo. It's not impossible, but you're going to have a lot more, uh, difficult times. Uh, in some of the missions there there was one where I was at the end and just no matter where I was I was constantly getting flanked around me but if you had you know I'm sure you have another buddy or two you know that that stuff can get a lot more exciting because you can really start to strategize and, and flank but the the AI is like pretty damn smart in, in ways of I'm sitting behind cover just picking some dudes off then one of them that I haven't been able to kill throws a grenade and then two of them start charging at me because now I'm flushed out of the spot where I was because they landed it right next to me. Like that stuff is uh, pretty good, I think. Mm. It, mm. I, I think the AI is a lot more improved in this game and it feels better than, say, Destiny uh, where sometimes they just kind of feel dumb. Yeah. yeah, yeah, in that game. But that that sort of stuff where... You know, you're you're constantly getting flanked and overwhelmed by them. In playing solo, there's been a lot of missions where I just barely got through it, and I just felt this like kind of adrenaline, like holy shit, I can't believe I, I just took out that like tank guy, and he had four other guys running around. I was running like a maniac and didn't know what the hell to do. It's a game too where if you don't stay in cover, you'll get chewed up really, really fast. Uh, I found. That has happened to me a lot. There's a lot more on the map to do as well. I mean, like, like I said, there's a lot more icons, but there is some things that I don't I don't recall them being in the first game. Control points. So basically, there's this group, at least so far in a game, called the Hyenas, and they have certain uh, control points in throughout the city, and there's usually a few per sector. And when you go in there... They're, I'm trying to think of like a, another game. They're just like a really, what's weird about it is they don't tell you a level, but hmm. if you go like, I've went into two of these so far and I've gotten chewed the fuck up because there's just so many guys coming after me. And then the farthest I got is I took out 
maybe six or seven guys and then the leader popped up and I shoot not like 10 more guys started running at me all at once and I'm like fuck so it's like certain points throughout the city there's a pretty uh, big chaotic battle that you can do and then you'll eventually get uh, crafting materials you'll get gear out of that um, but they are pretty difficult to do on your own mm. I have not been able to do one yet um trying to think what else the side missions are also way more improved in this game some of the side missions take just as long as the main missions which i think's cool because in the first game i felt like they were so short and they didn't really matter i mean they were nice to get experience but in terms of interesting gameplay or storytelling or anything like that it just was kind of lame a lot of them that I've done so far are really meaty, really, really well done. So that that's one thing that's nice. I'm trying to think, what else? It's just a really improved game, hmm. I think. And it's just, it, it really feels like they took everything that they learned from the first game and said, let's not blow everything up. Let's be smart about it and... You know, and have a good uh, progression to get people in, but then also make it feel really good for a more hardcore player. Um, I'm excited to play a lot more of it because I do. I want to get into the dark zone. I want to. Un- I've just got to the point where I've unlocked like a lot more of the map. Basically, does it? So I've heard some things about the division two. Does it feel at all like it's like a lot of the pieces are disconnected of what you're actually doing, like the missions that you're doing and the activities that are available? Because what I've heard is that it doesn't necessarily funnel you through the story very well. It 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 offers up a lot of distractions to get you away from the story. Sort of. Uh, I mean, there's yeah, in a way. Like I did one story mission and then. Uh, a bunch of side missions popped up and there's a bunch of shade crates that you can go find and in the world like kind of like it kind of feels like the story isn't as important Mm -hmm. in a way and i i just think it's it's stupid (laughs) the story Mm -hmm. so like i can see but as but as an onboarding process does it overwhelm you I don't think so. I didn't feel overwhelmed. I could see just where I got when I stopped. I literally probably unlocked. There's probably six or seven more side missions that showed up, maybe eight. Like there was a ton of missions that just showed up on in the map. Map opened a little bit more. So I could see that being a little bit more overwhelmed. But I didn't feel super overwhelmed because you start the first mission then it takes you to the settlement you do the first real big main mission and then it unlocks a few side missions for you to do a few crates to go find it's just it's a little bit before it really opens you up so i don't feel super overwhelmed i feel the onboarding is pretty good what does feel a little bit overwhelming uh is just the amount of menus and the amount of kind of tutorial screens that show up just to mm-hmm. teach you about stuff. Uh, I, I didn't feel super overwhelmed uh, with that, but I could see someone that's maybe new to this style of game because there's menus everywhere. Um, whether you're in a settlement or back at the base, the White House, 
um, or even looking at your character. There's, there's a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. One thing that's really nice is the way you can customize your HUD. So you can kind of customize whatever you want. You can make anything, mm-hmm. you know, whatever size you want. So I was having a lot of time just based off of the size of my TV and where I have to sit, seeing what some of the icons were. So I was able to just blow the map up a lot mm-hmm. more, which, yeah. which is really nice. I, I like seeing those options. So it's pretty accessible. Nice. From that standpoint. But yeah, it's a division. It's good. Cool. Not, not perfect, but it's, it's a really fun time. And it's a game where I just, that's kind of all I really have felt like doing. Hmm. You know? one of those lifestyle games sort of it's just got a really good loop and progression progression to it that i enjoy also i just find the the map i am one where and maybe because it's been used so much like i think new york it depends on how it's used it's just boring anymore to to use in in games movies whatever it's just been used so much so dc hasn't been used as much and it just feels a lot better it's interesting to see a lot of those a lot of those places and when you first show up at the white house it's like fuck yeah it's hilarious but yeah yeah otherwise we did the reckoning we did yeah in, in Destiny 2. It's uh, it's a bit tougher than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think at first. I think yeah. the, the last two times we did it, we really yeah. nailed it. So, uh, at least initially, it's 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 a little overwhelming. Yeah, I didn't realize like how much it was dropping special and power ammo. So, I was like... The first time I went through, I was being really strict. Like, I, yeah. I wouldn't, like, use my power weapon all that much. But once I got over that and realized that there was, oh, look, there's a lot of ammo. Yeah. And started using all my good stuff. Yeah, so the Reckoning is part of the whole Joker's Wild, Season of the Drifter stuff. You need the annual pass, correct? You do, you do yes. So you go do Game of Prime. You get a weak synthesizer. You get the synths to put in it. Then you go do the reckoning. Uh, once you're 650, um, you put it in kind of like a moat bank looking thing. And this is how you're going to get the uh, armor, the yeah, very the armor specific sets, yeah. armor. Uh, so you have your your sentry, your collectors, your invaders, all that stuff. And then you hop in with four players. Uh, and it's set where you went to when you won a Trials of the Nine match. Yes. That's, that that's on Mercury, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of the most stunning things I think Destiny has had art-wise. Like, I, I just, I love going to that place. It's gorgeous. And maybe not. Maybe it's not Mercury. I, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't I know where, where it is. is but uh, it's kind of a... Basically, then they just give you a certain amount of time to just take out a ton of enemies. And there is a lot of enemies on this map. And, and because it's a little bit harder, at least uh, at least if you want to get to if you want to do this, you get to 650. You know, you're at the right level, but it is going to be a little bit difficult just because of how much is there. There's certain boss enemies that you uh, can take out to make the percentage go up a lot 
a lot quicker, more chunks. Then you fight a boss. That's it. Hmm. So it's not super intense uh, gameplay-wise. It's just a lot of shooting, which shooting is fun in Destiny 2. But but you gotta you gotta make sure you're you're kind of communicating as a team on calling out where the larger enemies are to help take them out uh, quicker. And there's yeah, there's modifiers on it and all sorts of stuff to make it more interesting. Like the one we had was melee was more improved uh, by the enemies, more powerful, but we didn't have a radar, which is probably why some of the captains were taking us out so mm-hmm. easily that first round it's also a thing where i guess unless you are over leveled if you go in without a extra player you're probably going to be hosed yeah and there was many times like matchmaking that was really weird where it would start progress the thing is though it doesn't like the way it works is like once you've done a reckoning it doesn't boot you out to orbit like you can just do another one back to back but because of that it doesn't close the lobby and sometimes some people want to back out some people want to stay and it's like the it doesn't stop like the reckoning keeps going over on over on a time thing yeah so yeah it's I'm not sure about the design decision there like sure it's cool if you have a group of four people that you all want to just keep doing this reckoning thing over and over that's pretty Mm -hmm. cool but like for everyone else who's like queuing in like queuing solo or less or two or three like it's like it's kind of a gamble like what you'll get once you get into a match yeah definitely I mean some of the armor is cool I want to see it when you have a full set. Yeah. For sure. But it's a, I, I just like that it's an interesting way to... It's a different way of getting you gear in Destiny. Like, they've never really had a thing of, this is how you play, so we're going to reward you for how you like to play. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Then we talked... After that, you talked to the Drifter... Yep. And you get to make a decision to side with the Drifter or go with the Vanguard. Mm-hmm. And it's apparently going to have story consequences and all sorts of stuff. I went with the Drifter because chaos. And why not? You went with the Vanguard. Yeah, because <laughs> the, you played Kingdom Hearts. You know how this goes. Trying to play with darkness and light? Yeah. You think we need both? No, motherfucker. Get rid of that darkness I'm bullshit. Going, I'm going all the way in the darkness. Have you been... Hold on. Let, let me... Let me. Have you been Norded? Let me look. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have. I have. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yes. Tyler officially Norded. Yes. What would your nobody be? Oh, that's a good question. Probably Sam from Game of Thrones. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. For you, would it be your brother? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> That'd be fucking hilarious. Anyways, oh, man. Destiny 2. But, yeah, the... That is an interesting thing. I haven't completed the quest yet that you get. I haven't done that all later. I have to to put bugs. I have Mm. to wiretap the drifter's area. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I have to do a heroic version of a certain mission, I think. Okay. So, and then we also did, which this was just kind of weird. So we, you completed your auto rifle frame from the black armory. Yep. And we were going to run that. And I looked at mine and I'm like, where is it? Because I definitely ran through and did it. I don't know if that stuff disappears for the reset. I have no clue how I lost it, but I had a completed frame that was not there. You didn't just do like a black armory forge and not remember. No, I definitely did not. Um, So yeah, that, that was frustrating. So I had to run through it again too, but we ended up just, it was the first forge, but we got the auto rifle, the ringing nail. Yeah. It's pretty good. Awesome. Um, so I got I gotta work on the quest to unlock the next forge on Nessus. Okay. But it's so fucking grindy. I don't know. Have you completed that yet? Um, no, I haven't. Uh right now I'm on a step where I have to melee a bunch of fallen. Yes, that's where I'm at too. Seventy five fallen melee. I might just like, like throw what? up something on Netflix and just go oh, at it. Oh god, that is that is some of the worst that is this sort of quest design that makes Destiny like very insufferable to play sometimes. Like, just awful shit. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, um, other than that, I was going to play Kingdom Hearts 3 last night, but I was running way later than I wanted to, and I was fucking tired. And so I just played Spire 2. Okay. Just zoned out. I'm like, I want to play something really easy right now mm-hmm. and so just played some of that it's a fun game some of those levels are coming back to me but I'm hoping to finish Kingdom Hearts 3 this weekend so then I can put more focus into a game coming out tomorrow yes we're both excited for yes Sakura yes Sakura. shadows die twice but do they they probably die a lot <laughs> at least for me <laughs> Ah. What else have you played? Well, you were talking about zoning out late at night. Tyler, there's a game that... You remember Stardew Valley? I do. And how that had me playing for way too long? Mm. There's another game that came out that's having me do a very similar thing where I'm playing it way too long because it has sort of numbers going up and building things and stuff. Satisfactory came out in early access on PC, Mm -hmm. and I've been playing that... From the same people who made Goat Simulator. Oh. Right. Uh, so this is a game where you drop down on a planet and you uh, cl- collect resources, build buildings, and eventually automate everything. So, and then shipping stuff up in packages. So you unlock more buildings that you can do to increase your efficiency and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You build your own factories. So it's got a pretty meaty loop to it that will just make your numbers go up. Yeah. So right. mm, Yes. Right (laughs) now I have uh, like I have like these automated iron mines that like mine it. And from the mine, it goes on a conveyor belt to my smelters. And then once it goes into iron bars, it goes into these constructors, mm-hmm. which create some very basic things. And then once I have those parts, they go into a, an assembler that makes more complex parts than that. Oh, shit. And then that goes into a storage container for now until I need that stuff. 
Yeah, wow. it's one of those. Right now, everything's running off of biofuel. So you can like collect uh, leaves and wood. I actually unlocked a chainsaw, so now I can cut down trees uh, for wood to make some biofuel. But I just unlocked a coal electricity plant, and I found a coal vein. Uh, it's kind of far away, but I have the I have a, I have conveyor belts, and I can just like mine the coal and bring it back. Um. So let me ask a question: Is it? satisfactory it is more than satisfactory for me there's a lot of there's so much to this game there's a lot of math because like there's a certain rate that like uh like a constructor creates this thing at this rate and then the assembler needs this much of a thing and this much of the other thing to make to make the its stuff so like trying to get that efficiency down like it's it's kind of cool. Like, there's a lot of numbers on that front. You have to make sure that when you have power connected that you're not overloading any one, like, power line or any of that stuff. Like, there's there's so much math in it, too. Yeah. Just to make sure, like, everything's running smoothly. Like, on my drive over here, I literally thought, oh, fuck. One iron mine can probably be split into two smelters because of how fast it mines. And then those two smelters go into two constructors, and then those two constructors go into one assembler. It's kind of like this mm-hmm. whole, like, I, I was visualizing it in my mind, and I'm like, oh, God, that's so much easier than what I'm doing right now. And that's exactly what I'm going to go work on when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there an end goal? Or um, is it just so there's, like, so you high. have a hub that you're upgrading mm-hmm. by uh, sending supplies up to space because you're working for this uh Fix-It Corporation or something like that, I think it's called. Uh, but yeah, you, like there are all these different tiers of upgrades. And then I guess like you can do it, like I'm doing it on the very first planet, which is the easiest one. And I assume like once you do that, you move on to the next planet. That's harder, maybe? I don't know. I think this is one of those games where you just try to build a cool looking factory yeah. that runs smoothly. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's good enough for me. It's it's something that I can like work my brain out on a little bit if I feel like it. Yeah. But yeah, I I would neat. I would not be surprised if this comes to consoles because mm-hmm. this studio has a history of hey, this video game is doing all right. Let's bring it over to consoles. Yeah. But yeah, still in early access. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think like the message that said it's like only tiers one through six are available right now, and I guess there's more after that. I'm on tier four of my upgrades. Okay. I think I just completed tier four, so yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. But uh, other than that, I think yeah, I, I've touched on uh, some more Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Don't want to talk too much more about that because we've had plenty of Assassin's Creed talk on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, got back into a little bit of Gran Turismo, just checking out some of the new events that they put in there, new circuits. Yeah, that game's still alive. Yeah. Still got a lot of stuff in it. That's a cool game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for the games that we've been playing. Let's move over to the games that were sold in the February of 2019. We've got the NPD report. Of all the video games 
sold here. Do you you shaking you're shaking your head there? Yeah, I was trying to find mm. where it was. I didn't know. We that. have twenty games here. The top twenty games of February twenty nineteen. I'll take us from twenty to eleven if you can take us from ten to one. At number twenty is Spider Man nineteen, Madden NFL nineteen, eighteen. Rainbow Six Siege, 17, Super Mario Party, 16, Minecraft, 15, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, 14, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, 13, Grand Theft Auto 5, 12, Mario Kart 8, and 11, New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, which we played a little bit. We did. Yeah, we had a pretty chaotic just kind of Nintendo night. Uh That game is a fucking riot to play with multiple people. Also, Super Mario Party sucks. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> In terms of random, I was robbed. Random garbage. Ugh. Forget what else we played. How do you get two fucking golden pipes? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. We played um, Jackbox. Yeah, we did. Uh, Party Pack Three. Yeah, which has some pretty cool games in it. So. I like that T-shirt one. Mm-hmm. Forget what it's called. Uh, TKO. Yeah. He kind of designed some T-shirts and some slogans. There was some real, real goofy shit that came out of that. Uh, well, Quiplash is cool. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a cool game. Anyways, uh, number ten, Call of Duty Black Ops Four, nine NBA Two K Nineteen, eight Metro Exodus, seven Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, six Resident Evil Two, five Red Dead Redemption Two, four Far Cry New Dawn, three Kingdom Hearts Three. Two jump force and number one is anthem. A surprising top two, if you ask me. Well, maybe yeah. not. Well, there was enough hype behind anthem that I could see it selling a lot. I'll be interested to see where that goes from here. Yeah, how far that drops off. Jump force completely surprised me. I felt like there was really no hype behind that one. All these fucking nerds out here in their yeah. animes. I'm yeah. one of them, but I I didn't get jump force. I that's not my style of game. It's cool to see uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 and Resident Evil 2 still hanging in there. Apparently, according to this article, Kingdom Hearts 3, best-selling game of 2019 so far Mm. this year. Uh, Far Cry New Dawn is higher than I expected as well. I mean, I know Far Cry is a big property, but I also feel there's a little bit of burnout on Far Cry from a lot of people. And then this isn't like a mainline game. Cool to see Metro doing well. Yes. Uh, beat its beat month one sales of Metro last night by 50%. Yeah. I think it's a pretty great top 10 because it's a lot of really still new and fresh stuff mm-hmm. in there. Still got Red Dead and Call of Duty hanging in there in the top 10, which is cool. Um, also, great to see Odyssey and uh, Spider-Man still hanging in there, so... Yeah, uh, lots lots of good stuff in the, in this list. Uh, what do you think's going to take March? March, man, <sighs> probably Division Two. Yeah, Division Two definitely going to be number one. Yeah, I wonder if the Division Two will jump to the best selling game of the year. Oh uh, yes, it will. I I I can see that happening. Uh, I know the first game did. It was the best selling game of the year for a while. So, um. Trying to think what else. I mean, if Sekiro comes out, I think that'll do well. Yeah, it might. I think it it'll probably get into the top ten, but yeah. I'm not sure if it'll get much higher 10. than that. Right. Um, uh, Devil May Cry Five, I can see being up there. Oh yeah, that as well. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, video games. Yeah. They're good. Uh, uh, just really quick, Switch was the best-selling console of the month. And then uh, gaming across, or game spending across all gaming hardware, software, accessory, and games cards reached a massive $1 billion. $1 billion. Yeah, a 4% from last February. Yeah, crazy. I wonder how much people are spending in Apex Legends now. Yeah. Speaking of, there is a battle pass out and the new character Octane. Um, so the battle pass, there's like a hundred tiers. Yep. It's ten bucks. Yep. But you have to buy Apex coins. You can't just give them ten bucks. Right. Uh, you can buy that in a bundle with the new character Octane. Uh, Octane, uh, what, what does he cost, uh, in Apex coins? <laughs> I don't know, but it's like, he, he costs the same as the other characters, uh, Caustic and Mirage. Um, but yeah, Octane looks like a pretty cool character. He, he runs pretty fast. Yeah. He's interesting enough. It seems that they've, um, based him off of a speed runner. Mm-hmm. Who did the uh, gauntlet thing in Titanfall 2 in like 12 seconds, 12 and a half seconds? Ugh, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, just ludicrous stuff right there. Uh, but yeah, Octane looks pretty cool. He has a, a boosting trampoline and he has an ability that boosts him, sacrifices a little health for a speed boost. I haven't seen his ultimate. Um, okay, so he has a launch pad ultimate ability. That will launch everyone up into the sky. Right on. Yeah. So, yeah, finally has the battle pass. I've heard, read a lot of things of people being a little uh, unsatisfied with it. Yeah. Mostly because of the cosmetics, I guess, that it gives you. But, yeah, Apex has not the greatest cosmetics to start with. Yeah. They don't go necessarily all that wild with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen one of the, like a lot of the complaints being like, "Oh yeah, there's like four legendary skins, but each of them are like two different color variants of of the of like the same thing." Yeah. Um, but that's that's the case with the uh, Overwatch too. Like you see the legendary yeah, skins, like two is. two of them are different color skins of that thing. And that, but the thing is with uh, with Apex is that even the legendary stuff doesn't necessarily doesn't change. It doesn't make it as radical as yeah. you would hope it would be. And as far as gun skins go, like the legendary stuff is like that. Just means it's animated, like. It's just another name for like animated skins. There, like that's that's all it is, and it's shared skins across all the weapons. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. I yeah. I never really thought the loot was the greatest in Apex Legends to start with. So, I think this is just kind of exacerbating the issue a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's something that they can totally improve on. Like yeah. Next season, they could have way better stuff. Uh, I feel like. They might have put this together pretty quick to try to get more monetization out of the game. Mm-hmm. So hopefully next season see a little bit of improvement on that from the from the players. So yeah, 
I am, yeah, I I want to play some more Apex Legends. Me too. I played one game last weekend, and I wrecked two dudes, and we were doing real well, and then we got jumped badly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But but just in that one game, like I felt that like addicting nature of like I just want to play like fucking twenty more of these right now. Yeah. <laughs> so we gotta play that really soon. It's been been too long. Yep. Ah, uh, it's been a while since I've played Anthem, <laughs> and it appears that Bioware has something to say, saying that uh, the best. Days of Anthem are yet to come. Yeah. Which I hope so, because if what I've seen is the best Anthem's going to get, then that doesn't bode too well. Um, Yeah, I need to check back in with Anthem. This is kind of a good reminder that, oh, yeah, you haven't played this since you beat the main story. I still have side stories to complete. Yeah. Basically, Casey Hudson put out a kind of a... A letter, I guess, um, saying that it's been a wild ride these past few weeks. On the one hand, it's been a rougher launch than expected. But then, as I think we also knew, that a big new online game tends to hit some kind of problems once they go live. It's okay. Most of them do. Uh, I think the Division 2 is kind of... Like, they, they have had a very smooth launch with not too many issues. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't heard too much, too much about, uh, people complaining about that. Mm -hmm. Basically said that some of the issues they just didn't realize would be issues once millions of players were playing it, which, okay, I can see that. Uh, but yeah, best is yet to come with Anthem. Do you think this, this sort of thing is a little too late? Or like, I feel like this letter should have come out a few weeks ago. Yeah, probably. But also, this letter doesn't do much for me. I'm like, sure, you can say this, but until I see something, it doesn't mean much. Yeah. I'm really intrigued as an outsider what that um, that cataclysm event's going to be. Yeah, I, yeah, that's that's the thing that like is going to draw a lot of people back to it. Yeah. And that's the thing that you would hope that they'd have something to say about. Yes. And you would hope that that sort of thing would cause a lot more people to come back and stick around, knowing that, oh, man, that cataclysm thing, that was rad. I want more of that. You know, I'll stick around and get geared up for that. But at, le- at least it sounds like EA isn't shutting it down. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> I mean, it's only been a month. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it didn't take them that long to Dude. shut down plans for Mass Effect. Right. Uh, DLC. Anthem will literally be out a month tomorrow. Yeah. That's, dude, time is flying way too fucking fast. That's insane. Mm. Doesn't feel like it's been that long. The future keeps on coming, Tyler. It does. It's time to look ahead to another E3 announcement. Bethesda's coming back. Yeah. They have E3 showcase on June 9th. That's the Sunday of E3 at 5.30 pacific time okay uh they put out this image here uh the hashtag b3 which is their their thing i Mm -hmm. guess 
seeing some characters on here. I see uh, I see a little uh, Keiko demon. I see a Doom guy. I see a dragon. Some uh, Elder Scrolls stuff on there. Yep. I imagine that we'll see Doom Eternal. Absolutely. I think that's going to be their big, big game. Uh, we'll probably get an official release date for that mobile Elder Scrolls Blades thing. Yep. I hope probably a demo trailer and hopefully a release date for Wolfenstein Youngblood. Yes. It's probably just going to be out at E3. It's going to be like, yo, yeah. motherfuckers, check I this can, out. I can see that being a summer game. I think that'd be mm-hmm. perfect. Uh, maybe. So Rage 2 will be out in May. Mm-hmm. So That'll give it about a month, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know if they would have any post-launch plans that they would show off there. I don't know if that's too soon. I'm not sure if Rage 2 is the kind of thing that they do yeah, that for. That's another thing, too. How much do they talk about Fallout 76? Um, well, they've already revealed their, well, so they did reveal a roadmap, but they're like, I think their Q3 and Q4 stuff had a lot of blank spots on it, like placeholder stuff. So I think they might fill in some of their plans there. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's probably the extent of what we get with that. Um, I I think if you're Bethesda, you, you talk about Fallout 76, you show off new, new stuff, uh, and you just kind of be a little humble about it, mm-hmm. you know, of like, yeah, we, this did not go how we wanted it to go. And sorry. No, they, no, the, I, I feel like the thing that Bethesda does is they make fun of themselves Joke, yeah. about it. Yeah. I could see Pete Hines making fun of themselves about it or, um, no, Todd, Todd Howard. Howard's the one that, yeah. that likes to make jokes. Um, but we'll also probably get, uh, like we, there's also the roadmap for the year of the dragon stuff for elder scrolls online. So we'll probably get the stuff to fill in for the last, uh, like the Q3 and Q4 stuff for that. Um, I wonder if we will see, um, what arcane is doing. So the last thing they put out was prey in 2017 because mm-hmm. the Sonnet was 2016. So it's been a few years now. And I, I, th- I could see them at least announcing what they're doing next. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what else would happen. I, I don't think that they will uh, even talk about Starfield or definitely not Elder Scrolls Six. No. Uh, but I think both of them are still so fucking far away. There's no point in talking about them. Kind of weird that they're doing a, a conference because I feel like this year, more than some past years, they just don't. Don't yeah, it's have not- a ton there. I know Doom Eternal is going to be cool. It's a big, big game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they probably have some more mobile stuff. <laughs> I I imagine the like they've still got Elder Scrolls Legends going that they keep that that card game that they keep putting out updates for. Like they they have stuff that they keep supporting. Um, which makes me like. I'm not sure if Arcane does show what they what they're doing because usually they don't. Bethesda usually has a pretty good track record. Recently, I know they did say that Starfield and Elder Scrolls were a thing, but mm-hmm. for like most of their stuff, like they they're like, hey, we know this thing's coming out within like a year and a half. I don't think whatever Arcane's doing is coming out in the next year and a half. I don't think the next thing Arcane does comes out on the current generation of consoles. Yeah. I can see that. I don't know, man. It's going to be weird. 
at least someone said that they're going to be at E3. Yeah. The trend is to leave E3. <laughs> yeah, I I am excited. I want I hmm I wonder if this is going to have anything to say about like the Google stuff. Yeah. Like are they going to be like, "Hey y'all, we're we're re-releasing Skyrim on Google streaming." <laughs> <laughs> you know what why not it's why a not? it's absolutely if, a thing if that's if gonna I, happen if i was bethesda i would literally put skyrim on any fucking new machine hardware streaming service whatever until six comes out i'm surprised you can't buy skyrim on the epic store yet yeah that's gotta happen <laughs> put it on the epic store put it on stadia why not? Oh God. Um, also think fucking balls that it's not super late. Five thirty in the Pacific. It's eight thirty out here. Mm-hmm. What was it? Two years ago. Man, they didn't come on till like eleven o'clock. Yeah. And it was kind of a disappointing show too. It was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I think they yeah. lead with Doom Eternal. I think they lead with that. Yeah, like, you remember when they led with the Doom that mm-hmm. one year? I do. I think it would be cool if they led with a Doom again. <laughs> I think so, too, but they led with a Doom that first conference because they ha- they ended with a Fallout. You know, I, I feel like they gotta have a, a banger. I think Doom's a good... Doom is good at the beginning or the end. Actually, fuck it, Doom's just good. Anywhere. Doom is matter. fantastic. <laughs> Let's just make a whole conference about Doom. Fuck how Doom Eternal was a live service game that, like, you're all Doom Slayers. I think <laughs> Doom is probably, Doom Eternal is probably my most anticipated game the rest of the year that we know of. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to, to think. But, yeah, that, that does seem about right for me. Yeah. I'm just, I want it, man. I want to shoot some demons. Yeah. Get real Get feisty. up in there. Yeah. Use that new grappling hook thing. Mm-hmm. There's a fucking grappling hook in Doom now. Oh, <laughs> and there's awesome. an air dash too. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck! Oh, it's gonna be so good. Mm. Yeah. Two little over, I think, two and a half months till E3. Yeah. Damn. It's gonna be. Damn. Good. I mean, hmm. What man? If we get a Doom Eternal and a Borderlands Three this year, ooh, baby. I, I do think there's some crazy ass parallel universe out there where Borderlands 3 comes out this year. I don't think it's going to happen. Like, the yeah. chance is less than 1% to me, mm-hmm. but motherfucker, how awesome would that be if they did that? Yeah. Exciting times to think about. Yeah. Absolutely. Speaking of more things coming in the future, we have some more uh, some more solid release dates for video games. Control from Remedy is coming out August 27th. What's funny about that is last week, I think, yeah. we had a story of, yeah, it's coming out this summer, and now they announced the date of 27. It's like, yeah, uh, why don't you just do this dead. all at once? Yeah. And then Life is Strange 2 is getting its uh, release schedule for the final three episodes. Episode 3 out on the 9th of May, 4 on the 22nd of August, and 5 on the 3rd of December. 
very cool that we actually have some solid dates. Yeah. Like, I feel like they've been kind of uh, flying by the seat of their pants being like, hey, it's out when it's out. But December, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> That's a long ways away. Yeah. That is... Wowie. Yeah. I mean, these episodes have been pretty good. I, I've liked all of them. Yeah, um, but would you rather have had them wait until this year to put the game out and have the release schedule be shorter? I don't know. I'm not sure. I I feel like, man, Because this know. is why I'm waiting, this just four-month gap in between all these episodes. It's, it's a lot. I don't know. I feel like each episode begins uh, has a pretty nice contained package to them. Like they, I feel satisfied coming out of each one, even though I do know, like, hey, the next one's going to be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but that's off in the future. Tyler, there are new video games this week. I checked. Uh, there isn't as much out this week. I don't think. Eh, maybe, there's some stuff. There's one big one. Yes. It's not. It's not a huge list, Tyler. Do you want to get us started? Oh, I love that this is not a big list this week. Um, Alwa's Awakening, PS4. Alwa's Awakening is a game that tries to stay as close as possible to the authentic 8-bit look with sweet pixel art, a soundtrack filled with catchy chiptunes, and so much charm, it'll bring you right back to the golden age of video games. Wow, that tells me nothing about the game. I know, and... I mean, Other I'm not than saying they're going for an art style. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying this is a bad game because I haven't seen or played any of this, but I feel like there's so many games that try to go after that. That could exact be a, that thing. could be a description. Replace that title with the, another title, and you, you, like yes, mm. yeah, uh, set your game apart. <laughs> yes. Oh boy, oh, I yeah. did not see this coming. This is the big game of the week. Right oh, here. America Ninja Warrior coming to PlayStation Four. American Ninja Warrior, fucking shit. I used to watch that. Yeah, me too. My mom loves that show. Do you have the strength and endurance to jump, swing, and sprint your way? To hitting the buzzer at the end. Race against the clock with your friends and family while testing your skills in couch multiplayer or take on the challenging career mode. Career mode for America. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, Next up is Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon. Everybody bundle. Explore and adventure through the challenges in countless dungeons battling monsters with the new buddy system and gain amazing abilities and outfits with the job change system to beat the beasties mm, i like to beat the beasties yeah welcome to the cube zone on Ooh. playstation 4 cube zone is a frenetic puzzle game think fast match the color patches on the board or drop them all before you reach the end it may seem easy at first, but different maps and varied mechanics will put your reflexes to the test. Uh, next up is Fate Extilia Link. PS4 and Vita. Retail as well. The digital realm of Serif. Spelled S-E dot R-A dot P-H. Faces a new kind of threat and heroic spirits from across the fate series have joined forces to defend it in fate slash extella extilia whatever 
fate slash Xtella, I guess that's what it is, Link, you'll hack and slash your way across dynamic battlefields with polished graphics, detailed character customization, and refined gunplay. That's gameplay, not gameplay. gun. I don't, I don't see Jesus. a gun there. I apologize. Hold on, I'm searching the image, the art. I do not see a gun. I kind of butchered the shit out of that, so I'm sorry. <sighs> the Messenger Ooh. is out on PlayStation 4. Of course, it's been out on other platforms, such as the Nintendo Switch. Yes. But now on PlayStation 4, as a demon army besieges his village, a young ninja ventures through a cursed world, or a cursed world. It could be read either way. Yeah. To deliver a scroll paramount to his clan's survival. What begins as a classic action platformer soon unravels into an expansive time-traveling adventure full of thrills, surprises, and humor. Right on. Uh, next up is Peasant Knight on PS4, Vita. Cross by. Peasant Knight is a challenging puzzle platformer that you can play with only two keys. Jump and stop. All the while, you're relentlessly dashing forward into traps, enemies, and hazards. Peasant Knight has a tongue-in-cheek tone that fits well... What? That fits well the many ways to reach your demise. Two keys. You can tell this is a PC game that they just yeah. ported over exactly. and didn't just... Mm, okay. <laughs> they just copy and paste their Steam description or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The big one, the real big one, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, out digital and retail. You are the one-armed wolf, a disgraced and disfigured warrior. Bound to protect a young lord, you become the target of many vicious enemies. When the young lord is captured, nothing will stop you to regain your honor, not even death itself. Yeah. As the cool kids say, this game looks dope. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Getting great reviews. Saw Game Informer gave it a 9, IGN gave it a 9.5. So, lots of glowing reviews for that one. So, Next up is SNK 40th Anniversary Collection on PS4 Digital and Retail. 2018 marked the 40th anniversary of legendary studio SNK. To celebrate this extraordinary milestone, a variety of classic arcade games from SNK's golden age are coming back together in one anthology, packed full of retro games and treasure trove features. Well, two things. One, if 2018 was the anniversary, why didn't you put this out in 2018? Two, right. I forgot... We forgot to put in um, Konami. Oh shit! Yeah, a yeah. Castlevania collection, which is apparently going to have eight games, a Contra collection, and an arcade collection. Hey, they got to make money Welcome somehow. Why not just put out collections yeah. of your old shit? We ain't making anything new. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Next up is Super Kickers League <laughs> on PlayStation 4. I looked at it and I thought I saw the mask from Crash Bandicoot. It's not the same mask. Darn. It's not. It's not Aku Aku. Darn. It would that be better looks, if it was. Dude, it looks like it, and then the dude on the right kind of looks like an Apex Legends character. <laughs> yeah, it looks like Caustic over there. Yeah. Oh boy. All right, the best arcade experience and football fantasy are awaiting are waiting for you in Super Kickers League. There are no referees. There are no rules. Everything is allowed. The only aim is to score more goals than your rival. Last game 
for the week. War Theater. Uh, PS4 cross buy. Is this on Vita before or is it coming mm. to Vita? I, it doesn't I'm gonna say. Go to, I'm going to go weird. to the store page here. Uh, it does not say here. <laughs> who, who could say? Who knows? As Endless Conflict rages on. Oh, yes. It is also on the Vita. Yes. Okay. Seven warriors discover an ancient power that promises mastery over any battlefield. From the developer of Plague Road, War Theater expands classic turn-based strategy gameplay with RPG elements. And if you want to watch Bumblebee, you can do that now on PlayStation Video. Yeah. You can also watch The Mule with Clint Eastwood. And My Hero Academia, Two Heroes. Anime. Anime. March Madness is coming up, and you can also watch that on PlayStation View, depending on what package you have. It's actually occurring right now, March Madness. Yeah. I don't pay that much attention to it. Me either. The The most I pay attention to it is when my office has a March Madness party, which is tomorrow. So, <laughs> Which means basically you have like a free hour to slack off or something. Exactly. There's a, yeah, what I find hilarious is that, you know, at least with mine, like we have like some wellness initiatives mm-hmm. yeah. in our office. I think most offices try. And then when you have events like this, where it's kind of like a potluck sort of thing, just bring in food, nobody brings brings anything really that healthy. They just bring a bunch of trash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just shovel that garbage. Like I looked at the sign up sheet for what people have brought. I swear there's like every fucking dip known to man. Mm, Get that buffalo chicken dip. Someone's Mm. bringing a buffalo chicken dip. Someone's bringing like a jalapeno dip. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Get that, get that chili dip. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm bringing some hummus. You a hummus fan? Mmm, I like me some hummus. Yeah, hummus is good. Yeah. I found me. I mean, OG hummus is delicious. I found me some Mediterranean hummus. I like that stuff with the red pepper in it. Oh, it's so good. Oh yeah. Love it. I was really, really uh, disturbed the other day. We had some salsa verde. Yes. And. We opened it a few weeks ago, um, but I was like, I'm going to have some of that. Open it. It is, it, you know, Salsa Verde is green. Yes. Typically, it was almost all white, taken over by mold. Oh, it was disturbing. Gross. It's an image I can't get out of my mind. I'm like, oh, God, it's like someone melted marshmallows. It's alive. <laughs> it, was, it was awful. But I've never had salsa go bad before. Like that. Whatever. Really excited to go home and play Sekiro. Yeah. Oh, God. I guess Which me. Really quick, though, yeah. before we go, we should probably acknowledge the biggest news of the week. That's Google Stadia. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's. Oh, buddy. So, Google. I have complicated feelings about this. <laughs> Google is really uh, officially entering the video game market with their streaming service. Um, basically, it, there's there's still so much unknowns about it, but you'll be able to stream video games on just about any device, uh, you know, just over the internet in a Google Chrome browser. Kind of like, I mean, it is basically their um, project stream that they had 
a few months ago that they were testing out, but this is kind of the official version of it. But going on uh, basically of how it works with their data centers and 10.7 teraflops and all this stuff. So I'm just mm. so I'm skeptical for multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. A, it's Google. They're stealing all your data. They're selling it to advertisers. Who's to say that, like, who knows what the pricing model is? Is this a subscription service, or are you paying to play certain games? Do you actually own any of the games? Yeah. Like, it's, there's, oh my gosh. Like, does it actually work on, like on your on like say my internet which is yeah. not the greatest what does this mean for like the economy of games like for like how much developers get paid or how much they have to pay to use their their servers mm-hmm. like it's yeah there's yeah there there certainly is a lot of unknowns to me like i'm intrigued by it um just because what they were showing and it could have been a test environment i know they were trying to downplay it and say like oh we got the lowest npc we could find it was pretty fucking impressive to see that go from a tablet and then just a click of a button now they're on a pc and it's like running pretty smooth in just a mm-hmm. few seconds it went from this screen to that screen it seemed like it was running well um in just an internet browser i'm like that is fairly impressive to me how you know that's in San Francisco that they're testing that out at GDC, that they're demonstrating this. Like yeah. like you said, like how well is it going to work for us? You know, like the Internet around here depends who you got. Yeah. Comcast is the biggest one, but like it's not awful, but it's not the greatest in the world either. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a really big test. Yeah. Like if it can work here, then okay. But, but yeah, the the pricing. How's that work? Because they were showing in the demonstration, you know, they they had a YouTube video, and there was a play now button for Odyssey, and they hit that button, and now they're playing Odyssey. Like, what's the back end doing there? Like, obviously, it's got to know. Like, a YouTube account almost has to be tied to your Stadia account, yeah, to let you access things that quickly. You know, and it has to like know everything was, about that exact save state that you're watching. Yeah, like it, it's just kind of weird. Now that's whole that whole save state stuff, that could be interesting because there's the button on their controller, which I don't yeah. think their controller looks super yeah. comfortable, honestly. But that that save button on the controller where it just saves wherever, like that could be a really cool feature that I would like to see on any of the consoles moving forward. Yeah. Um. But what they were going on about the whole fucking teraflop stuff, I was just kind of rolling my eyes. I'm like, it's the cloud, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like the the PS4 Pro or the Xbox One X, like that is a native box that is built for that stuff. You're running off the clouds with all these fucking servers tying to each other and all that stuff. Of course, you're going to be able to put out more power. Like, that's not even a talking point to me. Like, uh, it just really bothered me how much they went on about that. Yeah, and like it's, it's just mm. stupid. And, stupid. And just the way they 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 were, it was just so weird, like how they were talking about its connection with YouTube and stuff like that. How like 
there's this help button or the Google Assistant that's like, yeah, how do I get past this part? And then it'll link you to a YouTube video to show you how to get past that part. Whose YouTube video are they linking you to? Yeah. Like, okay, that could be really cool. But yeah, <laughs> where what's it connecting to? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> What's going to happen now? Conspiracy theorists are going to have like are going to edit in a segment of video game into their videos to try to get to pop up on one of these yeah. things so that you get to hear know. a bunch of conspiracy bullshit mm. from the worst YouTubers. And the whole like lobby thing that they were doing with it mm-hmm. of having other people kind of control. Oh the game. God, I don't know. I don't know how that could work either. It could be cool for certain things. It could. Not. Cue to I mean, join this streamer. Yeah, like. What's the reality that that's really going to work or a lot of people are going to want to do that? I don't know. There's there's a whole bunch of like things up in the air with this that could be cool, but it's such a different shift that there's and there's so much unknowns that, you know, I'm just kind of waiting and seeing. But I'm intrigued. But even if it does work, I don't think I would jump in, mostly because, you know, I'm kind of. I'm more of a console person, but I also kind of feel a little bit tied to the PlayStation or Xbox Hmm. ecosystems in a way. Like that's where my friends play. That's where all my games have been, you know, unless they're radically doing something different that sucks. I don't know. And also like the whole internet thing, like you, a lot of people have internet caps streaming. Any video game is going to destroy their internet cap in a very uh, small amount of time, you know, more so than streaming Netflix. You know what I mean? Like it's just a little bit more intensive. So that, that that's another really big issue. You know, the the one gross thing about this is that I don't think that's going to be a problem because Google is just going to pay off a bunch of politicians to make changes to the yeah maybe FCC and all that. Yeah, or not the FCC, but the yeah. uh, super protection stuff, and like yeah. it's. Yeah. It sucks how the that that the politics, politicians, and all that stuff, how that side works mm-hmm. for the internet. It's gross. But how do you think this impacts PlayStation? Uh, do, like, do you think so? I don't. I think it's too late for PlayStation anything? to change their plans. Like, well, I guess we don't really know their plans. I feel like if they're going, I. I have it. Hmm. Well, I guess let me ask you this. Do you think they are going to go just a traditional console route, a hybrid route like Microsoft is rumored to do? I'm definitely not going to go just a streaming route. Yeah, I, I feel like they're going to have they're going to have their standard box. They're going to hopefully have backwards compatibility. Yes. Hopefully. That's almost a must, at least with the PlayStation 4. Yep. Uh, they're going to like they're going to keep pushing their PlayStation now. That's that's going to be their streaming service. Yeah, that like that's what my and they might expand PlayStation is. and they. I feel like you can play PlayStation now on your PC. I think you yeah, you can already stream it from other yeah. devices. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean PlayStation has had PlayStation now and streaming for a while. It was. You know, maybe not the greatest when it launched. It only had PS3 games, but mm-hmm. I could see them offering PlayStation Now as a full-fledged streaming service of 
like the newest games are on there. Yeah. You pay a flat fee per month or something. Or you, or you pay different tiers for PlayStation. Now, like, Hey, here's the PlayStation. Now that gets you all like the PlayStation three and before, Mm -hmm. and then here's the price. If you want to play like PlayStation four and PlayStation five stuff. Yeah. I could see that. That would, that would make a lot of sense. It's just Sony's been so quiet with this stuff. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. just so hard to predict, but I see them having a traditional box. I just don't think we're fully there yet. Do you think in Google Stadia there will be baked in ads to your video games? (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think so, but that's funny. Yes, it's a different world, man. Things are about to get really weird, really different. All your loading screens are advertisements. Yeah. And and I know physical media is such an interesting thing. And that has largely... There's there's still a group out there that like to buy music and like to buy movies and all that stuff. I'm included in that. But streaming has made that stuff so easy and it's almost excessive. Almost ex- the acceptable way to watch so much, so many things, you know, just going to Netflix or HBO or Spotify or whatever that I wonder gaming's got to get to that point. Eventually someone's got to just take the lead. Mm -hmm. Google's diving in on that. Microsoft's probably diving in on it. Sony might, um, it'll, it'll get there eventually. Now I am one that, there is something exciting about having a disc or, you know, just having the games on your system. Yeah. You know, technically in a digital way, you don't technically own them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like that would, that is a lot more exciting and there is some feeling in that, that I feel so many gamers are used to and it's going to be hard for, to let go of that in a way, you know, it's, it's just going to take time. Um, also, you know, some people get connected to their boxes. Yeah. I don't know. We'll Hello. see. Uh, when, when is, did they say when they plan to launch this? 2019. Sometime this year? Yes. We'll see. If it, I'd be interested to see if they do anything around E3. Like, there's a vacuum. Does Google show up to E3? My answer is no. The answer that I would love is yes, because how fucking rad. Also interesting to know that uh, they are actually standing up their own studios, too. They are. Yes. First party studios, Jade Raymond's heading that up. And uh, I totally. So I went back and watched their presentation um, after it happened. I just wasn't able to watch it the day of what you said about Phil Harrison. So true. That guy is so boring to watch on a stage. <laughs> He's just like one of the most corporate guys you could ever see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how, I mean, how cool would it be, though, to have Google go directly up against Microsoft at E3? Mm-hmm. Microsoft <laughs> sitting back being like, yo, we have E3. What the fuck? Yeah. What? These guys are here. I don't know. There's definitely room. I mean, They're going there. to make a Bing joke. I know it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. It's going to be a wild year. It is. In terms of just changes. Yeah. I'm going to have a wild night. Parrying. Death blows. (laughs) Sekiro. Yeah. 
it's time to wrap this up so I can get to playing video games to talk about next week. You will hear me talking about Sekiro. You will have beaten, hopefully have beaten Kingdom Hearts 3 and get get at least a start on Sekiro. Yeah, I, all my time that I'm thinking I'm going to have available to play video games this weekend is going to go to Kingdom Hearts 3. So, and I know, I know I am close. I just don't know how close I truly am. All right. Well, you heard it, everybody. If you need to talk to us before we record next week, we will be recording on Wednesday because I'm leaving Thursday to go to PAX East. Yep. You could contact us via email at PlayStationReportPodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at PSReportPodcast. You can find me at the Arctic Sloth and Tyler at PluggedOnVids, where I imagine we'll probably say something about us at Hopefully. some point. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. So look Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So look forward to that. And until next week, be good to each other, play your video games, and.